You guys can have a seat. Good seeing you guys tonight. Hope you're doing well. So I have uh, two, two highlights of my week. So, well, that it, actually both of them have not happened yet, but two anticipated highlights of the week. One of them is that tomorrow is my little girl Lydia's birthday and she's turning seven years old and she's a, she's an itty bitty seven year old. She's a little seven year old, but she's turning seven and it has been so much fun to see her excited about her birthday. It makes me uh, wish that I was a child again. Just they went to build a bear yesterday um, and they, y'all, y'all know what Build-A-Bear is, right? You, you, anybody not know what Build-A-Bear is at the mall, right? Build-A-Bear, no, yeah, you know what Build-A-Bear is? Okay, so it's like you go and you build a bear, right? Okay, so that's pretty much what it is. Oh my goodness, just the joy on that little girl's face, just being able to create her own bear. So I'm excited about her birthday tomorrow. So uh, when it, at our house, when it's your birthday, we let you choose the meal of the day. And so uh, anybody wanna guess the meal that we're gonna have tomorrow for her birthday? Anybody wanna guess that? Anybody? Okay, pizza, no, good guess. Cake, we'll have cake, but not for dinner. Uh, And lasagna, that's a good guess, you're close. Spaghetti and meatballs, yes. And before that, it was hot dogs. Like, what do you want for your birthday, baby? You can have anything you want for your birthday. Hot dogs, okay, you got it, babe. And then mama talked to her and it was like, you know, spaghetti and meatballs is really your favorite. Yeah, that's what I want. I want spaghetti and meatballs. And so we'll have spaghetti and meatballs tomorrow and celebrate her birthday. She's so excited about her birthday. There's a lot of joy in her life. And then my second favorite or my, my second highlight of the week is what we're about to do right now, which is to be in God's word together. And definitely a highlight of my week is getting to do that together with you this week. Um, a lot of stuff has gone on this week. Some of it good, some of it not that great for me. But this right here is going to be awesome. And I want us to be present, okay? Let's be here together. Let's be in the moment. Let's not be sucked away by the, the latest thing on our phone or the latest push notification that we've got or the latest uh, DM from a friend. Let's just be present for about 15 minutes in God's word and actually believe that God's word is going to do what he promises, which is it's going to speak to us. It's going to impact us, okay? So here's what I want you to do, okay? with some maturity, with some clarity of mind. I want you to push away the sleepy, push away boredom, push away distraction, and actually tell yourself today, I wanna be in God's word. Let's do this, let's do this together. You with me? No? Do I have an upperclassman that can lead the way here? You guys with me? Yeah? Yeah, all you, all you seniors up here on the front row here. Okay, let's do this, okay? Today we're gonna be in John chapter 20. We're in this little, little series called Last Encounters. And we're talking about Jesus's final days on earth. We started last week by talking about Jesus's encounter with the disciples after he resurrected, he appeared in the room right next, in, in the room with them. Locked doors, Jesus is right there with them. That was last week. So today's encounter is something kind of similar. It's very similar kind of stories in John chapter 20, same chapter as last week, but we're gonna look at verse 24 to the end of this chapter. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 24 is where we're gonna be. So if you got that there, you can hold your place. We'll read it in a little bit, but we're in this series called Last Encounters, talking about Jesus' final days. And I kind of think to myself, you know how in so many times in, in church or in the Bible or, or in Bible study, we like have all this buildup to Easter. And it's like, Easter's here. Well, Good Friday, right? Then Easter's here. It's like, yeah, Easter Sunday. Yeah, right. It's awesome. We love Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate Easter. We celebrate Jesus' resurrection. And it's like, okay, it's over. We'll, we'll just think about, think about next year again. 
But there are a lot of things that happen in Jesus' final days on earth. In fact, he was on this earth for 40 more days after his resurrection. Okay, so after he resurrected, he didn't just go straight up to heaven and be at the right hand of the Father. He was on this earth for 40 days. And so you gotta kind of have to ask the question, well, what was he doing in those 40 days? Was he like chilling with the disciples? Was he meeting new people? What was going on in those 40 days? And that's kind of what this little series is about. We actually only have one more week next week, but we could actually spend a lot more time than three weeks talking about Jesus' final days on earth. Well, One of the things that the Bible says in Acts chapter one, it'll be on the screen here, the first verse. It's not where you're going today. We're in John 20, but I wanna show you this cool little verse in Acts chapter one, verse three. It says this, it says that Jesus presented himself alive to them. Who's the them? The disciples and many people. It says he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, okay? By many proofs appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So this verse right here says that Jesus, after his resurrection, didn't just, it wasn't just rumor that he went to heaven. It, I mean, that he resurrected. It wasn't just rumor that Jesus like was alive and left the tomb. It wasn't just a rumor or things like that. But Jesus using many proofs, many proofs. He, he proved to many people that he wasn't dead anymore, that he was no longer dead. Do you know anybody besides Jesus, unless you don't know him, who is no longer dead, like physically dead and has come and said, here is proof that I'm not dead anymore. Literally dead, not just dead on the operating table, but like dead for three days, dead, and through many proofs has said, I'm here and I'm not dead anymore. Well, that's what Jesus did over these 40 days. Many proofs that he wasn't dead and he talked with a lot of people. This other verse in the New Testament in a book, uh, the book called Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 6, it's on the screen. It says this, it says, then Jesus, it says that he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Did you guys know that? That he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time And then the writer, Paul, he says, most of those 500 are still alive, but later he says, some of them are dead already. So what he says is, when Jesus resurrected in those final days on the earth, before he ascended to heaven, he didn't just appear to the disciples, but at one point, there were 500 brothers hanging out. And Jesus said, what's up, y'all? And they're like, whoa, who's this guy? It's Jesus, remember him? Okay, so a lot of proof that Jesus resurrected from the dead. It's not just Christian, Christian, tradition. It's not Christian philosophy or thought or theology, but Jesus over these 40 days appearing that he actually rose from the dead. In fact, you remember remember in last week's story that um, when Jesus was crucified, that the governor asked that there would be these uh, soldiers placed at the tomb so nobody could enter and steal Jesus's body. Not only did they not steal Jesus's body, but he's not a dead stolen body, he's alive, he's alive. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do and to show people that it happened. So in the final days on earth, Jesus is dealing with a lot of things. He's appearing to people, he's giving proofs that he's alive, and he's also dealing with doubters because a lot of people saw him die. A lot of people saw Jesus die. So he's dealing with a lot of doubters. And one of the doubters we're gonna look at today that Jesus appears to is this guy named Thomas in this really cool story in John chapter 20, verse 24 to 29, all right? So follow along with me on the screen. Okay, do give yourself a little shoulder rub if you need it. Wake up, all right? So here we go. John chapter 20, verse 24 to 29. This is what it says. It says, 
Now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Last story we looked at last week, right? They're in, the, they're in this locked house, locked room. They're scared that they're gonna be killed by the Jews that crucified Jesus. Jesus appears to them and guess who missed out on all the action? Thomas, he wasn't with them. He missed out on all the fun. He didn't get to see Jesus. And verse 25, it says that, it says, so the other disciples told him, we have seen Jesus. We've seen Jesus. He's alive. We've seen him, is what they tell him. But Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger into the marks of the nails, and unless I see his side and place my hand into his side where he was speared, I will never believe. So what Thomas says is, I do not believe that he's alive. Unless I see with my own eyes and witness what you have seen, I am not going to believe. And he's so specific that he even says, I am not going to believe unless I can actually put my hands on his wounds or his side where he was crucified. And I got a question for us today. Do we do that with Jesus? Maybe you don't know Jesus very well. Or maybe you don't trust God very well, very much in your life because you don't know him. You don't know him in a personal way. But you know, if we're not careful, we can do that with God. We can totally go to God and say, God, I do not believe unless, and you can fill in the blank. And for everybody, it can be a different thing. Some of us may say, I will not believe in Jesus unless, and you can fill in the blank. Or I will not believe that God is the only God, the one true God. There are lots of gods out there that people worship and I'm not gonna believe that there is only one God unless, and you can fill in the blank. There's a lot of ways that doubt can come up, okay? But we gotta be careful. Do we do that with Jesus? Do we put Jesus in this little box that says, unless, unless you do this in my little box, I'm not gonna believe in you. And I don't believe you, okay? Now, that's all maybe good for you, but I wanna be honest with you. I wanna tell you something, that regardless of your belief or disbelief in God, God doesn't exist because you believe in him. And he doesn't not exist because you don't believe in him. So you cannot believe in God or not believe God and it doesn't change the fact that he exists. He doesn't go away because you don't believe. Let's just kind of put it like that. So Thomas tries to put everything in this little box and say, unless Jesus meets these terms and conditions, which is I wanna see the wounds, I wanna witness it with my own eyes, I'm not gonna believe him. I don't believe him at all. Well, this is what happens. It says in verse 26 that eight days later, his disciples were inside again and they were inside another locked room, this time with Thomas. It says, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. You know, when things kind of repeat themselves in the same chapter of the Bible, you kind of have to catch that, okay? It's something important. So right here, Jesus another time has appeared to them and said, peace be with you. Behind locked doors again, Jesus appears to them and says the same thing. That's kind of an important thing. If it repeats itself like that, it means something. It's important. Jesus appears to them and says, peace be with you. And this time Thomas is there. And imagine being there. Imagine being one of the disciples. Imagine being there and Thomas is there with you this time. And when Jesus appears this time, listen to this, watch this. This time Jesus directs all his attention immediately to Thomas. Um, poor dude. He kind of got the nickname Doubting Thomas. Today we call him Doubting Thomas, but listen, he's not the only one in this world with doubts. He's not the only one in this world that doubts. 
God. He's not the only one in this world, or, or even if he were in this room, he wouldn't be the only one in this room that had doubts about God and faith and Jesus. So he gets this rap of doubting Thomas, the doubt, Thomas the doubter, but Jesus directs all his attention to him. He says to Thomas, hey, Thomas, put your finger, where Tom, Thomas, where did Thomas go? He just took off. I was just going to walk up to Thomas. Oh, he's, what's up, Thomas? He's in the back. Okay. Uh, Thomas Courtney, not Thomas in the Bible, doubting Thomas. But anyway, okay. Thanks, Thomas, for bailing on me. Okay. So he says to him, Thomas, put your finger here and I want you to see my hands and I want you to put your hand here. And he says, and then I want you to take your hand and I want you to see my side. And man, Jesus is powerful words right here. This little phrase that Jesus says that's so powerful. He says, do not disbelieve. He says, believe. Don't disbelieve. Believe. You, you want proof that I'm not dead anymore? Uh, which, by the way, um, there is no God that exists that has resurrected from the dead besides Jesus. Um, he says, don't, don't disbelieve. He says, believe. And, and I want you to know that that is exactly Jesus's message to us, to you, that whatever doubt you might have about God, whatever doubt you have about your faith, whatever questions you have about Jesus, that Jesus is able to come to you with clarity, with convincing proof, and he's able to say to you, don't disbelieve, believe. You have every reason to believe. You have every reason to believe. And oh, by the way, I'm going to give you every reason to believe what he says okay so Jesus says to him believe man don't disbelieve and Thomas's answer is everything right now Thomas says this in verse 28 he says my Lord and my God he says my Lord and my God you see he had this doubt and then the truth came in and the truth was that Jesus really was alive and once he saw the truth the truth pushed the doubt away that he had and that truth it grew Thomas's faith, and Thomas is able to then say, my Lord and my God. Now, here's something here that I don't want you to miss. A lot of people, there, there's, this, there's this little group, there's this faction, there's this group that says that J Jesus never claimed to be God. They say, Jesus never claimed to be God. He claimed to be the Son of God. Jesus never claimed to be God. In fact, what they say is, um, I don't know why you believe, why you Christians believe that Jesus is not just the Son of God, but that he's God made flesh, that he's God came down to save us in Jesus. And they say, um, oh, Jesus never claimed that. Jesus never claimed to be that. And I love this passage right here because it looks like just this little simple phrase where Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And what I want you to know about this little phrase is this, is that if Jesus was not God, if Jesus was not God, then what he might have done is said, Thomas, don't call me my Lord, my God. Uh, that's reserved for God. You can call me um, anything else but my God. You'd think that if Jesus was not God, that he would have corrected Thomas and said, don't worship me as God. I'm not God. I'm the son of God. Okay? Um, but what you see here is Jesus fully accepting Thomas, acknowledging that he is God. Now, if Jesus is not God, and doesn't correct Thomas and say, don't call me God, I'm not God, Thomas. If Jesus is not God and doesn't correct Thomas, then Jesus is a liar. He's not a liar. He's fully able 
to look at Thomas who has just said, my God, you're my God. He's staring at Jesus right there. He said, my Lord, my God. And he doesn't say, don't call me that. Instead, look what he says in verse 29. He says, Thomas, you believe because you've seen me, but blessed are those who believe and they've never seen. And you believe because you see, there will be those who will never see with their own eyes and they will believe. And guess who that is today? It's you. It's you who have already trusted in Jesus. You've already given him your life. You've surrendered your life to him. You believe in him and your belief is faith and it's faith that takes the form of action. And what Jesus says is that you who believe without ever seeing with your own two eyes, he calls you blessed. Blessed is he who has never seen and believes. Here's what I want you to know as we close today because we're already done. Okay, number one. Your doubts about God, your doubts about Jesus and who he might be, they should be investigated, okay? Look, here's the reality. Reality is this, is that for many of you who grew up in church, maybe you didn't grow up in church, that's fine. You're actually probably at an advantage. If you didn't grow up in church, uh, if you did grow up in church, um, you probably grew up as a little kid with all sorts of really awesome Bible stories and vacation Bible school and Bible lessons and I remember Brandy when she was a little, not little girl, but when she was in elementary school and Hatsidi was in elementary school. And I remember so many of you, you've grown up in this church. Some of you haven't, but maybe you grew up in another church and you've heard a lot of Bible stories. You've heard a lot of things taught about Jesus. But here's the reality. The reality is that you hit this age. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're, you haven't hit it yet. But reality is that for many of you, you've hit this age where you have a lot of questions. You have a lot of questions about God. You have a lot of questions about faith. You have a lot of questions about Jesus. And in fact, when you were a little kid, it may have been a little easier for you to believe because you were growing up in the church hearing all these cool stories and all your friends around you believed what was being taught and what was being said. But reality is that for many of you, if not all of you, you've hit this age where you have questions. And and what I want you to know is that your questions should be asked. Your questions should be investigated. Your questions should be studied. Okay? And what I also want you to know is that whatever questions you have about God, whatever questions you have about Jesus, about your faith, if it is truth, hear me, hear me. If it is truth, if God is truth, if Jesus is truth, like that song we just said, he claimed to himself. Jesus said, I'm the way. He said, I'm the truth and I'm the life. Now, here's the reality. If it is true, if he is true, then I want you to know without a shadow of doubt that truth has nothing to hide. Does that make sense? Truth pushes away doubt. Truth pushes away fear. Truth pushes away lies. Truth is a very powerful thing. And if God is true, and if Jesus is true like he claims to be and is not a liar, then truth has nothing to hide. And that also means that God is not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubts. So if you have questions, they should be asked. They should be investigated. Your questions um, should be about God should be asked. And and I want you to say this, be ready for truth. Uh, Thomas here, he wanted to, I, I believe that sincerely deep down inside, he wanted to believe that Jesus was alive, but he couldn't. But when faced with the truth, the reality that Jesus actually was alive, there was this response that he had to him. So those of you who might have questions about God, which should be everybody in here, those of you who have questions about who Jesus is and if he really is who he claims to be and says he is, 
Listen, as you dig into your question, you should be ready for the truth, which is Jesus, to hit you in the face like it did Thomas. His truth has nothing to hide. Ask your questions. Bring your doubts to God, and if he is really God, he will deal with your doubts. He will deal with your questions. Some of us have just a little bit of faith. It's just like, God, I just, I, I want to believe. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible is, I believe, help me with my unbelief. The dude who said that said, I believe a little bit, but I want to believe more. And Jesus faithfully blew his mind with the little bit of faith that that guy had. God is not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your fears. If he's truth, truth will deal with those things because truth has nothing to hide. So bring him your questions and your doubts and your fears and then be ready to meet truth face to face. All right? Okay, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to your C group time. And um, awesome. I did good today. Woohoo! You have a lot of C group time today. And in your C group time today, I want you with your C group leader to come up with a list of questions that you might have. Okay? They may be doubts. They may not be doubts you have. They might just be legitimate questions. They may not, I mean, I mean, you may not want to like give your doubt or question because you're going to be afraid that we're like, oh man, like we're going to think the worst of you, right? No, listen, I want you to have all open honesty. As a group, come up with questions you have about God, questions you have about Jesus, maybe even some doubts you have. And as we approach the end of the semester and go into our summer, we're probably going to take all of these things, as many as we can, that you guys are going to bring up tonight and start to dig into them throughout the summer Bible studies that we're going to have together, okay? All right, so you're going to enjoy that C group time. Get into that with your in discussion with your C group leaders and really kind of bring up those questions, doubt that you might have about about God. And then we're not just going to leave them there. We're going to do something with that together. Okay. All right, cool. So before you go, uh, let me pray for us. God, I want to thank you for our time today. I want to thank you for um, just this uh, amazing um, story of how uh, you present reality and truth um, to this guy in the Bible named Thomas. Um, and Lord, I pray that as we bring to you, God, our questions, fears, doubts that we have, Lord, that you would um, light our way with the truth, the truth that we need, God. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, before you go to see groups, I got a couple quick announcements. Okay, number one, okay, it is camp time. It is camp season. I need you guys to start getting registered for camp. Your registration deadline is the first week of June, which means today, which is May the 1st. It means that from today you have about exactly one month to get registered for camp. So make sure you get registered for camp. It's going to be awesome. Got 70 spots reserved for Calvary students, and we're going to get those filled as soon as possible. If you don't register by the first week of, of June, then your price, the price on your camp goes up. So make sure you get registered by the first week of June. And I just want to make clear, too, that you don't have to pay for all of your camp by the first week of June. You just got to get registered to get yourself locked in on, that, on the lower price and then you can finish paying for camp until we go to camp the uh, third week of July, okay? All right, that's the first announcement I wanna make. The second announcement is this, is we're approaching the end of the semester, which means we're, it's time for start getting ready for vacation Bible school here at Calvary. So a lot of you students help out with vacation Bible school. You teach a class, you lead a little group around, stuff like that. 
So if you're interested in helping Vacation Bible School, please talk to Hannah. And then, and then we're probably going to be going to people individually and saying, hey, we think you'd do a great job. We want you to help at Vacation Bible School this year and get you signed up to do that in the month of June, okay? All right, that's the second announcement. Third announcement is this, okay? Next week, next week is our last, like, full kind of remedy together in here. And so next week, we're going to do a special evening with our high school seniors. So if you're a high school senior, make sure you come next Wednesday. If you're going to bail on a Wednesday, don't let it be next Wednesday, okay? And if you guys know of any high school seniors that are Calvary students that aren't here tonight, hey, just text them, message them, and say, hey, we're doing something special for seniors next Wednesday. Please come come to this the next Wednesday. It'll be awesome, okay? So we'll do that next Wednesday, do some stuff with our seniors. And if we got a little time, we'll go out and play um, dodge, uh, outside on the rec field, okay? So that's next week. Then the following week, which is May the 15th, that is our final Wednesday night together. And on that day, May the 15th, it's not next week, it's the following week, May the 15th, we're going to be out on the rec field the whole night. We'll do pizza, we'll do uh, ice cream Sundays, have a lot of fun out there together, May the 15th. Not yet, first next week, senior Wednesday, okay? All right, cool. Love you guys. Have a great seed group time. I'll be hanging out here at the end if you have questions about camp, if you want to know about uh, how the fundraiser went can give you information about the fundraiser. Uh, really quick, if you sold tickets for the fundraiser, you wanna know how much money you made? Um, take how many tickets you sold, okay? And multiply it by five, five dollars. And that is how much money you uh, made at the fundraiser. Highest profit we've ever had at a fundraiser, five dollars per ticket. And so that's pretty good for you guys, okay? All right, cool, thank you guys. Have a good C group time.